This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live in multiple locations. I'm Spencer Linton here in Provo, Utah. Jerem Jordan in Phoenix, Arizona. The show presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, December 28th. And again, Jerem is joining me in his Key Lime Seattle Seahawks sweatshirt, but more importantly... NFC West champs. He's a guy that believes that Santa Claus 100% listens to our show. Oh, for sure. Um, you, you know what's evidence of this, right? Is uh, Spencer Johnson, a.k.a. Instapot, comes in, heats up quickly, gets you points, rebounds, assists, defense. Look what he got for Christmas. He got an Instapot. So he said, Merry Christmas on Twitter, at Jeremy Jordan, at Spencer Linton, underscore Linton. So, boom, baby. Uh, Santa... Listening to the show, uh, he knows that Spencer Johnson's the Instapot, so it's uh, it's catching on even in the North Pole, man. I wasn't sure if Spencer was going to really soak in that nickname and accept it, but I think Santa Claus interjected and said, "You you will be the Instant Pot, okay? That, that's how he it's going to be." Last week, that he has embraced it, and by the way, let's let's not bury the lead here. What's the latest on Baby Linton? We gonna have Baby Number Four here soon? You could leave during the show. Technically, yes. I think tomorrow's the day, December 29th. Okay. okay. So mark your calendar for tomorrow as you have for the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's 2020. It's perfect for 2020, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's been the longest decade of our lives. Yep. <laughs> all right, Jeremy, here's your Monday show lineup for you and all of BYU Sports Nation. It includes the biggest surprise of the BYU football season. And as we have discussed, there have been plenty of shockers within that loaded topic. Don't forget our recap of season projections, plus major national publicity for at least three different BYU football Cougars. Will BYU feature a major award winner when the 2020 season is finalized and game day for one of two BYU teams currently projected to make the NCAA tournament? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Zach Wilson finishes eighth in the Heisman voting, becoming the first Cougar in the top ten since tied Emory in 1991. If BYU was undefeated, would he have been in the top five? Hard to know, but it's pretty cool and a good accomplishment because there haven't been that many players the last couple years that outside the Power Five who have been in the top ten. Uh, we'll address that a little bit later. Yeah, pretty cool. One of the eight best college football players in all the land. Yeah, more on that in a moment, as Jerem said. More BYU football accolade news, including head coach Kalani Satake named one of the 12 semifinalists for the George Munger College Coach of the Year Award. BYU is the only FBS team ranked nationally in the top 10 in scoring offense, scoring defense, total offense, and total defense. Also, BYU left tackle Brady Christensen named first team All-American by USA Today Sports, ESPN, CBS Sports, and Bleacher Report. Don't forget our friends at Pro Football Focus that were very clear on Brady's talents all year. They have him All-America first team left tackle. What does that mean for his draft potential? We'll address over the next couple of months. Men's Hoops finishes non-conference play 9-2 with an 87-79 win versus Weaver State last Wednesday in Salt Lake City, led by a balanced effort of five dudes, double figures, a.k.a. five guys. That sounds good. Right? UA opens WCC play at Pepperdine 
Thursday night, uh, we we talked about how we thought BYU could do well in non-conference play, but nine and two, you nailed it, man. You called it nine and two. Let's go nine and two, and just outside the top twenty-five. Cougars in the NFL now. Taysom Hill rushes for another touchdown as the Saints clinch their division. Kind of Alvin Kamara to give one of those away. He scored six. <laughs> Saints scored seven touchdowns overall. Fred Warner leading the 49ers defense with 14 tackles in a win against the Cardinals. Kyle Van Noy had six tackles in a Fitzmagic Dolphins win against Ben Bagley's Raiders. And Daniel Sorensen with seven solo tackles in yet another Kansas City Chiefs win. Yeah, that Niners-Cardinals game was just uh, you know down the street from me in the they-share-the-same-building thing uh, bowl. So, yeah, that was crazy. And it's a women's basketball ball day at 4 Eastern as your boy Spencer Linton uh, and the BYU women's basketball team take on – you're on the team now, by the way. Okay. Uh, take on the Dons of San Francisco. Shaylee Gonzalez leads the Cougars at 21 points per game. WCC play opening up for the ladies today. How about the ladies earning some uh, early national attention, getting things going with the abbreviated non-conference season for men's and women's basketball? Man, these West Coast Conference games feel awfully important. That said, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. In a season full of shockers for BYU football, Jerem, what tops the list as the biggest surprise of the 2020 season for BYU football? The BYU played 12 games, asked the Pac-12 and Big Ten how that went, and that BYU went 11-1? and Are you kidding me? I mean, there were a lot of surprises, right? But the fact that BYU was able to play those games and then win those games and dominate those games with the exception of two games, right? UTSA is a close one, BYU wins. And then, of course, Coastal Carolina comes down to the final yard that is the biggest surprise for me. I thought that BYU would be better than the last two years. And remember the one day, Spencer, where I said, wait, now wait a minute. Look at the group that's been with BYU for a couple of years. They've been playing as freshmen and sophomores. Why wouldn't they win at least nine? This is before the schedule blew up. Why wouldn't they do that? Um, and then this team and this group, and trust me, BYU's going to lose a lot of these guys. Like this, BYU was all in on this season. Hopefully they can have a good season next year, no doubt. But this was a group that was all in. BYU's going to lose the quarterback. They might lose the left tackle. They're going to lose a ton on defense. This was awesome and really fun. And, of course, there are other elements to this, but uh, I'll just lead off with, hey, 12 games played and 11-1, and one, baby? Are you kidding me? Maybe an AP top 10, at least top 12 finish? Absolutely. And just for context, the last time BYU had a team that finished with one loss and had a quarterback – in the top 10 of Heisman voting, and that same quarterback projected to go in the first round of the NFL draft, 1983. It's been since 1983 since those three things happened. So at the top of the list for me, Jerem, and driving the conversation is the rise of Zach Wilson. We thought he would be really good, and we, both of us, doubled down when there was conversation of maybe Zach Wilson won't start, we were like, just stop it. Let the kid get healthy. Let his <laughs> shoulder recover. Let him not play with a broken thumb and watch what he can do. Now, to be fair, I don't know that anybody projected that Zach Wilson would have this quick of a meteoric rise in his junior season, but we thought he would be really good. So to watch him go from, yeah, he's a guy that could play in the NFL to, 
oh, he might be the second quarterback taken overall. In fact, he might be the second pick overall taken by the New York Jets has been the biggest shocker for me. It has been wild to watch him just fly up draft boards. I'm not talking about one or two guys. It's every NFL draft expert now, including the big three at ESPN. You know, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Kyle Bonagura, they're all in on Zach Wilson going as a top half of the first round and maybe number two over. This is crazy. So that that to me leads the charge. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate for crying out loud. We just wanted BYU to win nine games. And here we are, 11-1, and one, maybe going to finish in the top 10. And Zach Wilson very well could be the highest drafted player into the NFL in BYU football history. I mean, he just has to go top four, right? Um, and he'll do that, which would be pretty, pretty crazy. And maybe Steve Young would have done that in 83. Because Steve was number two in the Heisman. BYU's 11-1. and one. BYU's number seven in the AP poll when it finishes. So... Yeah, some real similarities there. Really interesting stuff. Um, we, we saw a 43 touchdown, gets 33 pass, 10 rush. And then Zach didn't lose a fumble technically, but he threw three picks. So 43 touchdowns and three giveaways. Yeah, and, and let's talk about those three interceptions, what? okay? One of those interceptions was a Hail Mary at the end of uh, yep. the first half against Coastal Carolina. Another yep. one was Neil Pau slipped against Navy. And so, really, it kind of feels like Zach didn't give the ball away at all. So, like, one one legitimate interception? It's crazy what he did. That's insane. And, of course, uh, you know, Dax Milne, 1,000-yard receiver. Tyler Alger, 1,000-yard receiver. Scoring defense for BYU, fourth in the country right now at 15.3. Season's not over. A couple more bowl games. But top five defense? I, I was screaming this last week on the show. No one's talking about this. BYU is a top five defense. And, obviously, the schedule was easier than it would have been. And this was exactly what we were hoping for, which was, okay, when the schedule's easier, can BYU take advantage? And BYU did, uh, which was awesome. And I wouldn't say it was easy. It was easier. But uh, BYU went 11-1 and and had notable wins and notable games and notable performances. Like, this was a season we'll never forget. Sure. There's enough on the resume now to say that BYU's defense was legit. Are you kidding me? They outscored Boise State and UCF. The two premier group of five programs for the last decade, essentially, they outscored them a combined 100 to 40. Are you kidding me? They beat UCF and Boise State by an average of 50 to 20? Yeah, the defense was really good. So I'm glad you brought that up because it is an under-the-radar, perhaps underappreciated thing that BYU did on the defensive side of the ball. And that's why you see BYU players coming to the defense of defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and saying, you know, hey, his schemes were great all year. In collaboration with Kalani Satake, they did some amazing things. BYU did enough. They beat Houston. They beat Boise State. They beat UCF all in convincing fashion, Jerem. I'm really Maybe. impressed with yep. this this BYU defense. Yeah, no, it was, it was a banner year, and uh... – you know, coaches have come to the defense of obviously Zach Wilson for an anonymous tweet that was just garbage, right, uh, over the last couple of days about his character. But Elias Tuiaki as well, he does not get a ton of credit. And a lot of people are like, ah, oh, the drop eight. T-. Listen, Bury's defense, it's all about points. It's all about yards, right? Bury's been tremendous this year. And uh, it took having an elite defense to be able to do this too because look back at 2001, Bury had a kind of a bad defense. They had talented guys, but – 
bad defense. They were giving up a ton of points, and that ended up costing BYU giving up 72 to Hawaii. Um, without Luke Staley, it complicates things. But anyway, great year, 2020, amazing. We're going we're gonna to milk all the amazing storylines from this still for weeks and months to come. We have, we have time before the Arizona game. <laughs> hey, and thanks to our friends at Coastal Carolina and their mullets losing to Liberty. Now friends? BYU has a legitimate chance to finish in the AP Top 10. It all depends on what happens with uh, Florida and Iowa State and a couple of other teams ahead of BYU currently in the AP Top 10. But Coastal Carolina goes down. The Cougars could finish like 1983 in the Top 10. One loss with a Top 10 Heisman quarterback and a guy that gets drafted in the first round. It's This is pretty unprecedented. Also, there were a bunch of records broken. You know, you may have heard about that too, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zach Wilson now holds the BYU career record in passing efficiency. Also, he holds the record for single-game pass efficiency and single-season. Passing Ty Detmer for the career mark in his last game, I believe, Jaron, with his very last pass completion to Dax Milne, that gave him the career record mark of 162.91. Of course, the single game goes back to what he did in the Potato Bowl, 18 for 18, and uh, three touchdown passes, had a pass efficiency of 321. Just remarkable stuff from Zach Wilson. I mean, you choose the word, Jerem. Amazing, incredible, unbelievable, inconceivable. It, it's, it's been all of that. Yeah, earlier in the season, I said his legacy would be efficiency. Like, when you think Max Hall, you think winning. When you think Steve Young, you think dual threat. When you think Ty Denver, you think Miami, Heisman. When you think Zach Wilson, I think the word we think of will be efficiency. Because look at what he did, and it's going to get him like a $40 million contract in the NFL. Let's go. Wild. Okay, something off topic. Uh, BYU basketball, the new AP Top 25 was just released, Jerem. The Cougars now receiving 12 votes up from nine last week and sit 10 spots out of the AP Top 25, so they're number 35 there. BYU's 35 in the Top 25. (laughs) I love this. Okay. (laughs) So while we wait to see what BYU basketball does – and they, as they try and get into the top 25, we, we have a kind reminder for all BYU fans that the next football game is only how many days away? Countdown to the Wildcats. 248. Yeah. Echo that, baby. 248 okay. days away. And guess what, Jeremy? The they're going to do it against a team. That you are, what, two hours away from right now? The University of Arizona, yes. albeit... In yes. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Yes, I'm going to check out campus and just scope it out, see if BYU needs any intel. No, uh, <laughs> that'll be coming back through Vegas. Yeah, that, that should be a really exciting situation. We're sub 250 already. Hey, let's go. 240. I'm actually in on this because it's football and I miss it already. Arizona's going to have a brand new coach. In fact, I think like three or four teams that BYU faces next season will have new coaches, including Boise State, Brian Harson going to Auburn. So, yeah, already. Let's let's get it going, man. 248 days away. Our question of today, what was the biggest surprise of the season for BYU football? Let's hear from you and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. 
on BYU Sports Nation. At Worsley T on Twitter says, if anyone says anything other than Zach Wilson's meteoric rise, they're lying. Absolutely no one knew or even thought he would be in this spot at the end of the season, end quote. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. We went over that. Nobody, totally. nobody expected Zach Wilson to be in position to potentially go as the number two overall pick into the NFL. Yet here we are. I mean, and and even if he's not, let's say he's like the twelfth pick. Great. I mean, like incredible, right? Um, and the Niners really like him, by the way. The Niners really want him. Um, so we'll see if that happens. They, someone put out like, oh, what if the Niners traded all these picks and got him? And I was like, that's way too much. So I love much. Zach. But that's no, that that'd be that'd be insane. Although the Chiefs kind of did that one year to get Mahomes, right? And the Falcons did that one year to get uh Julio Jones. So it all depends on if you really think that's the guy. Hey, I want to add a bonus tweet to our Twitter question of the day, Jerem, uh, or our social media question of the day, rather, from at Old School BYU. Biggest surprise? Couldn't decide between that BYU was able to play as many games as they did or Jerem unbuttoned his top button. <laughs> yeah, listen, if I'm standing in the ocean, that's an unbutton the top button moment. It just is, you know? So that was, that was a very fun show last Wednesday. That was great. Okay, coming up, will Zach Wilson be wearing green next year? And ESPN College Football Insider and BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich joins the program. Does he think BYU will finish in the top 10? And if he could give the Cougars another bowl opponent, who's he going with? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, BYU basketball's Mark Pope returns as the coach, and Greg Rubel put a bow on non-conference play, 9-2. and two. How about that? And preview West Coast conference play. Jesse Wade's the subject of this week's Deep Blue as well. Tuesday night, BYU TV app, 8.30 Eastern. We are live with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is my pleasure to now welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst 1984 BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, great to have you with us. I know it's been six days since BYU dominated UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl, but six days later, what do you think of BYU's performance to close out an 11-1 season? It was a dominant performance, and it was exactly what you'd expect of this team. A lot of people thought BYU might be deflated because of that big loss to Coastal Carolina that that kept them from having their perfect season. But rather than be deflated, they came out and wanted to showcase what they could do in their final opportunity, and they played to the limits of their abilities. Man, it was fantastic. We were talking about some of the biggest surprises of the season. What was the biggest surprise in your mind, Trevor? The biggest surprise in my mind, I think, is how well the defense played. I thought the defense would be good, but I love the way they put together their linebackers and safeties. This team is largely interchangeable at linebacker and safety, not completely, but pretty close, which gives the coaches a lot of flexibility in terms of designing pressures and coverages without having to change personnel groups. And we've seen over the course of the season that that severely messed up some really good quarterbacks and really good offenses, including UCF in the bowl game. So I I thought this defense would be good, but I love the creativity that turned it into an outstanding defense. Trevor, it's pretty remarkable that BYU is now in position to maybe finish in the AP top 10 when the final rankings are released. Thanks in part to Coastal Carolina losing to Liberty and some other attrition that will happen. 
Is it your opinion that BYU will finish in the AP Top 10, and they, do they deserve that? Well, they very well could. And do they deserve it? I think they absolutely deserve it. I think they've been a Top 10 caliber team all season long. And they do need some help up, up ahead of them, but they've done everything they can do. And one of the things that we've got here is recency bias, right? Where the last thing that voters see is the thing that tends to be the strongest in their minds. And the last thing they saw from BYU was the BYU that dominated, had fun, danced on the sideline, danced after the game. That's that fun BYU that everyone fell in love with, and that's the last thing that the voters got to see. Trevor, how would you summarize what we saw this year? Because uh, for me, it was gratitude and special and fun, like you talked about. Because there was a point where we didn't know if BYU would play at all. Then they're the highest-ranked team in the West and finishes 11-1. and one. It, it was a magical season. How would you summarize what we saw? I think magical is a good word. I think that because of everything that they went through this season with COVID, and by the way, they had their issues with COVID just as a private university. They didn't always publicize everything. They just followed COVID protocols and did things the right way, but they struggled with it like other teams did. And then to put together this season, to dominate the way they did, to come one yard short of perfection. I think when you put it all together, this BYU team should be respected as highly as any team in the history of this program, and that includes the national championship year. What they have overcome this year, no other team in BYU history has ever had to even confront, much less excel and then dominate over the course of something like this. And so I see this season as being as special as any that I've ever seen at BYU. Wow, significant praise from ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. One of your former ESPN colleagues, Brett McMurphy, joked after Liberty beat Coastal Carolina, when's the BYU Liberty Bowl game? Trevor, with that in mind, who's the best possible bowl opponent if BYU were to play a second bowl game in 2020? Alabama. Bring them on. We want Bama. That Liberty Coastal Carolina game was phenomenal. And Liberty would have been a great bowl game, or excuse me, a great game for BYU anyway. But since BYU will play anybody anytime, as they proved, by saddling up and heading on out to South Carolina at the last minute, uh, I think they should be able to play a second bowl game, don't you? I think Army still needs an opponent. Play them. That's only half. That would be fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they would do that, but. That would be fun. That would be fun. Okay, Zach Wilson's ascension from preseason, although we didn't feel this way. Some people thought there was a quarterback battle uh, with, with Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. Jaron Hall doesn't play at all this year, and Baylor Romney was the backup, um, to maybe the second pick in the draft to the Jets, uh, Trevor. It, how, how would you summarize what Zach Wilson did, and do you expect him to be the second pick in the NFL draft? Uh, I'm not sure exactly where he'll be drafted. I I imagine in the first half of the first round. But what he did was live up to everything that I'm sure he hoped he'd be able to do. Certainly everything that BYU fans had hoped he'd be able to do. He was hurt the first two years for parts of those years. And and that slowed him down, not just in those seasons, but also in preparation for the following season. Then this year, no spring, basically. And and summer camp was weird because of COVID. He couldn't throw with his receivers as much as he would have wanted to in July. All those different things slowed down, or it seemed like they may slow down his progress, but all he did was step up and have this magical season. The thing about the NFL is that when they look at a quarterback, they look at his accuracy and his arm strength as merely the price of admission. If you can throw the ball 
with an NFL caliber arm, that's mildly interesting if you don't have the other side, and that's the mental side. Because in college, a quarterback is largely a running back with an arm. In the NFL, a quarterback is largely a, a road scholar with an arm. And Zach Wilson is famous for being a PhD in the study of this game. He's not just a gym rat or a practice guy. He's a guy that loves film study. He loves to know what defenses are doing. And in the interview process in the draft, he will shine as well as any quarterback that the NFL scouts will interview this year. And that includes Trevor Lawrence. And I think that what that's what will elevate him above other quarterbacks because he has put in the work to learn the academic side of quarterbacking that you need to know in order to succeed in the NFL. We're obviously very excited to see where Zach lands in the NFL. The college football playoff semifinalists will also have a number of men that land in the NFL, so let's go there. Of the final four, Trevor, if if not Alabama or Clemson, would Ohio State or Notre Dame be the more likely shocker to get into the national championship game? Uh, I, I think Ohio State would be more of the shocker. They have had tremendous issues with COVID. You know, they played their last game, the, the Big Ten championship game, with about 20 guys not available, part COVID, part uh, contact tracing, part injury. And so they've not really been able to come together this season and really gel. Keep in mind also that they started very late and they only played six games, famously. Davo Sweeney of Clemson has never let us forget that they only played six games. A part of the problem with that is that they, they don't have that time for everything to get into a great rhythm. And now they've got to play against teams that did have time for everything to get into a great rhythm. And so that's why I think Ohio State would be the bigger shocker if they're able to get to the final. Trevor, we've enjoyed your coverage. You've been working basically every day to work us through this bowl game season. So uh, rest up. We'll be watching. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, Spencer, it's, it's interesting that Jerem was the only one that got the memo that today is Key Lime Hoodie Day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll pay better attention next time. Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. <laughs> hey, go Hawks, NFC champs, uh, West champs. Let's go. Hopefully NFC champs too. Okay, coming up, a recap of our football season projections. How did we do? I could go for a piece of Key Lime Pie for the record. Plus, is BYU basketball hoops, are, are they nationally overlooked at this point? Andy Katz has a number 24 in his power rankings. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Watch BYU Women's Hoops today for Eastern as the Cougars begin West Coast Conference play against San Francisco live on BYU TV. Can't wait for this one. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Now, before we get to the Cougar whip around, some breaking accolade news. BYU tackle Brady Christensen just named first-team All-American, according to the Associated Press. That's six All-America honors for Brady Christensen joining ESPN, CBS Sports, USA Today, Bleacher Report, and Pro Football Focus. Pretty fantastic. Jerem, let's not forget this. Kicker Jake Oldroyd, who was perfect, literally perfect in his attempts this season, named well, 13. Well, in field goals. In field goals. He missed the PATs. Well, well, it wasn't him that missed the PAT, right? It was No, the, he missed two PATs. Oh, he missed two PATs. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but in field goals, amazing. Third-team All-American for Jake Oldroyd. 
Okay, when was BYU's last first team All American? Was it Dennis Pitt in 09? Like, it's, it might have been a minute, dude. That's a pretty notable accomplishment. That's great. And if I'm Brady Christensen, I also leave like Zach Wilson. Like, he's not going to be a first team All American again next year because BYU's not going to go 11 and 1. You know what I mean? Uh, winning gets you noticed. So I, I think if I'm Brady, I'm out. Although, listen, I'd love if he came back against seven power fives and Boise State. Let's go. But um, I, I, I expect a mass exodus of uh, talent from BYU. I, I expect a uh, mass uh, introduction of talent as well, uh, but it will be hard to match. The buildup to the draft and BYU's pro day will undoubtedly be dominated by Zach Wilson. But – I am very intrigued to see where Brady Christensen goes. And if he jumps up draft boards, is he a day two guy? Is he a day three guy? Is, is he somebody that could work his way into maybe late first round? We're talking about six All-America honors. The best yeah. left tackle in football? Like good that offensive lineman. translate to first round per se. I think he's a day two right now, which would be an incredible accomplishment. We'll see, though. Maybe he flies up the boards. No one's putting him in the first round right now. That's not a thing for him right now, but perhaps he elevates. Um, I'm guessing he's day two, but we'll see. He's going to make a lot of money either way. Yeah, if he's not a first rounder, does he come back and try and better that stock against a powerful schedule next year? Get out of here. Like, iron's hot. Dax Milne, probably gone. Brady, Christian, probably gone. Like, it, yeah, if I'm Dax, I'm out too. I'm not saying I want these guys to leave, per se. I'd love for them to play at BYU. I'm just saying it would make sense if they did. All right, with that in mind, let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Zach Wilson is the, according to some reports, projected number two quarterback to go in the draft. Yet, Jeremy he finished eighth in the Heisman. Is that fair for Zach Wilson? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, if BYU beats Coastal Carolina, it's probably like fifth or sixth. Uh, but it's very rare that a non-Power 5 player is going to be listed among the top 10. In fact, in the previous five seasons, only five non-Power 5 players have been top 10. So there's almost always one. And in fact, in the last three seasons, he's the second highest finisher from a non-Power 5. So it's pretty good. I'm not going to complain about it. I think Zach probably should have finished number seven. I'm just not okay with Justin Fields finishing higher than Zach Wilson based on what he did this season. Zach played in 12 games, and he was outstanding from start to finish. Fields, yeah, he's a great player, but he wasn't great in his last two games. So I, I have a little bit of an issue with Zach Wilson finishing below Justin Fields. I would have put him at least at number seven. And I'm okay with him finishing behind the rest. Brees Hall was awesome at Iowa State at running back. But give Zach at least number seven. He played 12 games. He played twice as many games as Justin Fields. There's like no difference to me, so it's all good. Uh, The Jaguars have locked up the number one pick. The Jets have locked up number two. Trevor Lawrence expected to go one to the Jags. Two, Zach Wilson to the Jets. We're hearing this from multiple people, mainly pro football focused. Do you think he'll be wearing green next year? It's fun to think about Zach being the number two overall pick. But I don't think he's going to end up in New York. I just, I don't think that Zach Wilson, one, is a good fit for the New York Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold is still there. I feel like that they're still. No, no, no. They're going to draft a quarterback, bro. They're done with Sam. Come on, man. I don't know that Zach is the guy. I could see them taking Justin Fields if they 
keep the number two pick. But if somebody else trades up, now we're talking. And would, would the 49ers give up multiple future draft picks to get in position to take a guy like Zach Wilson? I just don't see Zach in New York wearing that green. Yeah, he's going to make green, uh, but it'd be fun uh, if he played with some other BYU Cougars. But, yeah, I'm hoping he's not on the Jets. I think the Niners and Kyle Shanahan and that group would be a really good fit for him given uh, the way that they were develop- able to develop some some guys. Like Garoppolo obviously hasn't been as good as they were hoping, but uh, Nick Mullins has been like nobody to at least somebody a little bit. So I I, I like the track record with Kyle Shanahan. Um, I think that'd be a good fit, but I hate it as a Seahawks fan. Hey, Jerem, Cougars in the NFL go a combined 7-1 and one with their respective teams last week. Who had the best performance? We gave you a bunch of them. Let's throw in Sione Takitaki who had seven tackles. Michael Davis had nine tackles and a Chargers win as well to go along with uh, the guys we already talked about. It was Fred Warner because he had 13 tackles, seven solo. Three passes defended. That's like a PBU in college football. And then uh, a forced fumble and, and fumble recovery. So it was Fred Warner and his team won. So that's good. I 100% agree. Typically, all you have to do is look at social media and see who is being discussed. Fred Warner's name kept coming up again and again and again for his complete performance at that linebacker position. And a big win for the 49ers and uh, really a crushing defeat for the Cardinals. So, yeah, Fred Warner takes the cake. Okay, BYU basketball uh, still out. Uh, Ten spots in the top 25 poll in the AP. Uh, 35th in the top 25. Uh, will the Cougars crack the top 25 at some point this year in men's basketball? I think they will, Jerem, because they don't have to play Gonzaga until February. So they're not going to drop down, and I think that they will be favored in the majority of games they play. They're picked to finish second in the West Coast Conference. If they take care of business against St. Mary's and San Francisco, they've done enough with the win against... San Diego State, Utah, St. John's road win at Utah State that's now getting better by the day. I think BYU is going to be in the top 25 when they play Gonzaga for the first time in early February. I think it might even be earlier than that if BYU continues to win. Perhaps 13-2, that'd be beating Pepperdine, San Diego, Pacific, and then St. Mary's on the road January 14th. Uh, so maybe the 16th, the 18th, the 19th of January, perhaps if BYU is sitting there at like 14-2. Perhaps, and I wouldn't be surprised if BYU goes on that kind of run right now. They're playing very good basketball. Let's stay with BYU basketball. Nine and two in non-conference play. Just 66th, however, in the Ken Palm ratings. 45th in John Rothstein's 45, or sorry, Power 45. And number 24 in Andy Katz's Power 36. Should they be higher in any of these metrics? Um, I think they're probably in Ken Palm. BYU feels like a bubble team right now, which would be like low for, low to mid-40s. I think that's where BYU should have them. Rothstein has them perfectly. Katz has BYU too high. Ken Palm has BYU too low. I think BYU has some nice wins, but ultimately uh, San Diego State is the win that pops. The rest of these teams are Ken Palm top 100, which is great, but they're not like top uh, 40 teams except for San Diego State. And then USC, BYU got embarrassed. So there's still some work to do there, but I, I think BYU is a bubble team right now for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go with BYU as a projected 10 or 11 seed. In fact, if they are a higher seed, 11 is the number to go with. Beat a number six, take on a number three. Uh, a lot of 11 seeds kind of make deep runs into the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, well, they're a fringe team. They're being discussed in bracketology, I think, right around – I'll take. in fact, I'll take the regression to the mean between the AP voters and uh, John Rothstein's 45. I'll say BYU is right around number 40. Okay, so that there we go with it's, BYU basketball. It spreads. 
as John Rothstein would say. Coming up, I take a prop pick victory lap. Yeah, I need to let people not pick for me from now on. Also, whose crystal ball was the most accurate before the 2020 BYU football oh, season began? We oh, recap our season projections next. This oh, is boy. BYU Sports Nation. Oh, boy. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Down to the goal line. Watch BYU football top 100 plays on demand on the BYU TV app as we recount the greatest plays in Cougar football history. Uh, I mentioned this uh, last Wednesday, Spencer, you've gone to Jason, but uh, Harvey Unga uh, was was asked by some kids in the stands if you booked the Tone Bowl, hey, are you the guy that was on the top 100 play show? And he said, uh, yeah. And then uh, you, someone tweeted at you and then, Said to me in the stands when Lopini Katoa called out, hey, that should be in the top 100. So I said, hey, in 2025, when we update it, uh, we'll put it in there. And he looked at me like, huh? I go, no, 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 I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. In 2025, we'll update it. We, yeah. we will amend it roughly every five years. And maybe the uh, trick play that ends up as an Isaac Rex touchdown pass makes its way into the top 100 too. All things will be considered. Most of the work has been done, so so now the easy part is just keeping track of great plays as we progress through the seasons. All right, as Jerem said, you can watch it anytime on demand. We welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Before each college football season kicks off, we make our BYU season projections very public on this show. Well, it's now the day of reckoning for those picks. Who deserves the title? Of BYUSN Oracle after an unprecedented 2020 season. Uh, well, it's problematic, right? Because COVID, uh, we didn't know how many games at the time. We didn't know that Matt Bushman would get hurt when we made these picks. Um, and we added Blaine Fowler into the mix. So these are certainly a little different than what we normally do. Let's do this. Our first projection answered the following question. How many games will BYU play this season? <laughs> Yeah, I thought there would be fewer um, or more games canceled. There was only one, just Army, uh, who didn't want to smoke. Should we go there again? Um, <laughs> and then you said 10. Blaine said 12. He nailed it. You got that? it. 12 games. Blaine Fowler takes that first projection. Okay, second one. Uh, what would the BYU win percentage be? We did this because we didn't know how many games would happen. You said 75% or better. I said 77%. I, I expected 7-2. and two. Okay. Blaine said 11 and 1, bro. 91.6. He nailed it again. What? Wow. Blaine Fowler, 2 for 2. 11 and 1. Ooh. Do you remember our reaction to that? In we fact, were like, what? You handed no him way. both pairs of big blue goggles over there. Like, put these on. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, hey credit to Blaine. I didn't know it'd be full of Texas State and Troy and La Tech. You know what I mean? No, but BYU was better than any everybody but Blaine thought, right? 11 and 1. That was crazy. Outstanding. Projection number 3. How many different quarterbacks will start games this season? Oh, we uh, Oh, man. This has been I, a thing I, because like, B, BYU typically right? started multiple guys. They started 3 last year. Um Blaine and I said 2. You said 1. Yes. Um and what a blessing that was for BYU football, right? Hashtag blessed that there were no injuries to Zach Wilson. And that's a big part of why this happened. Crazy. BYU has its starter who's healthy. 
and an upperclassman and a third-year starter, and he doesn't get hurt, and BYU's good. Oh, crazy. What a just insane idea. Yeah, first time since 2013, the same quarterback started every game of the season. And, and Taysom Hill's a sophomore that year. He's uh, starting his third game through, like, 15th game. He rushes for, like, 1,500 yards uh, or 1,300 yards or whatever. And uh, he plays seven power fives. So if he plays four <laughs> power fives, he's probably winning 10 games that year. That's crazy. Okay, so you got that one. Who will be the second leading receiver for BYU in yards this season? Now, this is interesting. This was pre-Matt Bushman injury, but we all got it. We all said Gunnar Romney. I think we all thought that Matt Bushman would lead BYU mm-hmm. for a fourth straight year. It was Dax Milne who did, um, and we all got it with Gunnar Romney as the number two by accident. How dare I pick against Dax Milne? I, oh my I, I of all people, should know better, you can't right? Pick multiple people, I guess, <laughs> right? All right, up next, who will lead BYU in receiving touchdowns? Well, I got the message, Jerem, and I did pick Dax Milne here, uh, but he wasn't even the guy. He wasn't the guy. It was Isaac Rex with 12. What a year. What I mean, this is the best freshman receiving year for touchdowns ever right who's who's been better than this no one right no um isaac rex i think it was the, the record uh for a freshman at byu i said neil Powell blanks and matt bushman again this was pre achilles injury for matt but yeah isaac rex with 12 dax Milne with eight neil Powell with four lopini Kato with three gunner romney only has two you called him the master of the what? What did you say? The exact phrase? Oh, between he's the, the best receiver in college football between the twos. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Gunner, he'll get. Okay, I talked to Byron Rex at length after the game. Uh, Isaac's dad, of course, all American tight end who played for BYU. He said, "We feel so bad for for Dax and Gunner. They do all the work getting there, and then Isaac catches the touchdown." <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's funny. next one. Who will lead the team in rushing yards? Now, um, you and I said Lopini Katoa. Blaine said Tyler Algier. And he was right because Blaine, uh, Tyler was incredible. This was, um, you could argue, one of the top rushing, you know, well, it just was one of the top rushing years for a BYU running back ever. It's 11 games. Tyler Algier gets to 1130 yards. Um, if he plays another game, he's probably getting to 1300. And he, he has the second highest yard per attempt of anybody not named Luke Staley. Um, well, most of anybody Other not named than Luke, Luke Staley. Staley yeah. One. yeah, so pretty notable. Lopini Katoa playing second fiddle there. Ha- about half the attempts, a little less than half the yards. Uh, 5.3 a carry. Oh, by the way, Zach Wilson, and we'll get to this in the next one, a lot of rushing touchdowns this year. Pretty good. Ten. Ten of them. That's right. So, yeah, who will lead the team in rushing touchdowns? I said Tyler Algier would do it. Because of his physical nature, I didn't expect him to rush for over a thousand yards, but I thought he'd get a lot of those goal line carries just because he's bigger than Lopini Katoa. So yeah, so Blaine and I take the point there. Tyler Algier with 13 touchdowns, but Zach Wilson, Jeremy, as you just mentioned, 10 rushing touchdowns. Wow, that was a lot. And Lopini Katoa had five, but Tyler Algier was the real breakout star running the ball this year. Um, Zach with a lot of keepers in in the red zone, which was pretty awesome. Part of his 43 touchdown year, 33 and 10. Tyler Algier, 13 touchdowns. So he had more than a touchdown a game, which was pretty awesome. And again, this was a top 10 offense, uh, top 10 in, in uh, points and yards. So yeah, you're going to have some uh, really distinct and elite numbers here. And Lopini Katoa came into the year 
13 rushes per touchdown, which is pretty high. But again, he played uh, second fiddle to Tyler Algier. And I think that was a good combination. Tyler Algier is a really good running back. And those two together form a nice pair, which guess what? They're back they're, for another They're both year, coming back. Tyler's yeah. only a sophomore. Incredible. Yeah. They're both back. That'll help whoever the quarterback is. Exactly. And, and which, by the way, we'll get to that later and we have plenty of time. I can't tell you who the quarterback's going to be. Because what if Jaron Hall's healthy? He's totally in the mix with Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover. I know Dave McCann's acting like it's Dave, uh, you know, Jacob Conover right now, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun race for that. We'll see who it is. Okay, who will lead the team in interceptions? Uh, you said Zane Anderson. I said Peyton Wilgar, who did it last year. Blaine said Isaiah Kafusi. All wrong. It was Troy Warner with a grand total of two. Yeah. Teams did not test BYU down the field very much. They just didn't. And uh, Isaiah Confuci, Max Tooley, Malik Moore, Caleb Christensen, Drew Jensen, Jerry Capisi, they all had one. Zane, um, had his in the, Zane had his in the bowl game, but it call, got called back because of a penalty. Yes, he totally grabbed that ball, and, and uh, it was a totally unnecessary pass interference. Was it Micah Harper on that one too, <laughs> yeah. I think? And Micah dropped one that we thought would have been one and would have added to it. Drew Jensen had one go through his hands against UCF as well. So could have been a could have been a, a big day. This wasn't the linebacker intercepting everything like last year's season. This was a little bit different. Okay. But how about how about Troy, by the way? He has zero in three years, and then he leads the team, albeit and with two, two uh, his senior year. We gave in back-to-back a, games. We gave him a heavy dose of the BYU Sports Nation karma for that, Jerem, very specifically. So heavy. There you go. Who will lead the BYU Cougars in sacks? Isaiah Kafusi and Tyler Batty both had four. I picked Isaiah Kafusi. You got it with uh, with four. So how about that? Tyler Batty had three in one game uh, and then got hurt, didn't play the last like eight or nine games. Or he's George probably Udo the guy that a, leads the team, right? Probably. Um, you just need to have like one more, right? He, oh, okay. Now this was a – you did pick Isaiah. He did lead. We're forgetting Tyler tied for the lead. Let's not leave that – Detail okay. out. Yeah. Uh, Tied. Kyrus Tonga, two and a half sacks. I would have hoped that Kyrus probably had a little more. Um, I know his role is is unique and different. Um, Zach Daw had a tremendous game against Houston and a couple of sacks as well. But yeah, four is kind of low for the leader. I would hope that BYU could develop a DN that's getting more of the six to eight range at some point. All right. On to now the special teams, Jerem. Longest punt this season. Um, you said 65, I said 64, Blaine said 71. Ryan Rico's longest punt was 61 yards. So I'm closest to the pin. I get this okay. one. Um, I, I think that honestly he could boot it further, but it has a lot to do with hang time and getting down there. I don't think that that is his full extension of yards. Yeah. I think also, also reps. How many times did he even punt? It was a he rare, like it was a rare occasion. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Longest field goal made this season. Uh, Jerem and Blaine both get this one. They split the difference. Uh, you said 55. Blaine said 53 yards. I went with 52. It was a 54-yarder that uh, he did topped the charts. He did it twice. That's yeah. crazy. Okay. okay. And bowl projection. We all said the national championship. Get, no. You said the holiday bowl, which is canceled. I said the Vegas bowl, which was canceled. Blaine said the cotton bowl, which was canceled once BYU lost to Coastal Carolina. <laughs> um, poor BYU. Obviously, Boca Tumble. So, final tally, Blaine six, Spencer four, and I had three. So, yeah, we just totally – COVID, Matt Bushman injury, just unexpected. I love doing this because it never turns out like what you think. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, always fun to go back and look at this. But for now, Blaine Fowler takes the title yeah. of Oracle. That's, 
That's why he's been 30 years uh, here, 30 years, and you and I have been here like 7 and 12. Okay, coming up, today's Rise and Shadow. And our Weber State prop pick results from BYU and the Wildcats in men's basketball. Can, can I get some help from somebody, please, when they're making picks for me? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's get right into our prop picks recap from BYU basketball against Weber State. Jerem had a commanding lead going in, and it only got bigger, Jerem. Yeah, uh, okay, number one, uh, last year against UNLV at Vivint, Alex Barcelo, 5-5 from the field, 3-3 from three. Who will have the highest field goal percentage with a minimum of four? It, uh, I had Colby Lee, who was solid. Uh, you had uh, Richard Harward, uh, but it was Caleb Lee, so neither of us can play. Okay, no points there. On to number two. Caleb Loner would have more points or rebounds. Jason was picking for me. He said rebounds. It was actually points, so you take the point there, Jerem. Yeah, just Florida, Spurrier, just running it up. And uh, BYU win by 0-8, to 9-16, to 17-plus. Jason said 17-plus. I said 9-16. It was actually 8, so maybe let's get a point. Come on, Shep. Jerem wins the Weber State game 1-0 and wins the week 6-1.5. to one and a half. So for the first time this year, this season, I'll be spinning the wheel of consequence at a later date. At a later date. All right. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Biggest shocker of the season. Patrick Neal on Instagram says, Zach Wilson's rise in the draft boards and our hearts. After having up and down games the last two seasons, he really burst onto the scene in 2020. Can we send all of our quarterbacks on 10-hour drives to California to work with John Beck? That'd be nice. Today's rise and shadows presented by Mountain America. Guiding you forward. This one's a sober one. Utah running back Ty Jordan died Friday night. Uh, Denton, Texas police say he accidentally shot himself. Pac-12 offensive freshman of the year, a guy who had really had a breakout year, and just a terrible tragedy for Utah football. Certainly, uh, Cougar fans expressed themselves on Twitter, and we would like to as well for Utah football. Just terrible news, and uh, we're so sad about this. Yeah, I wish there were something that we could do of more impact for the Jordan family because this is just awful news. Took my breath away, really, but uh, we're certainly praying for them, the Utah football family, and we're thinking about you. All right, uh, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up this show. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Remember, BYU basketball, women's hoops, up at 4 Eastern, 2 Mountain. Go Cougs!